Hey, this is Witt Schiller, your host for another episode of Improv Comedy Connection. Today's episode features Namdi Ngwe. Namdi's improv journey started in a coffee shop in Denver and moved on to Chicago with IO and Second City and now has him in LA. There's some subtleties in Namdi's responses to watch for, but you'll note a consistent thread of being confident in what you're doing, having fun while you're doing it, and also staying true to yourself. Better you hear it from him, so let's jump into this episode of Improv Comedy Connection with Namdi Ngwe. Let's get rolling. So, uh, Namdi Ngwe. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's, uh, it's, it's really good to have you on the Improv Comedy Connection. We have been uh, chatting a little bit ahead of time, and I do want to get into your improv story, but you have a, an, an international background in terms of living uh, overseas, not just in the States. Can mm-hmm. you just give kind of the, a little snapshot about what your path is? And then once you got stateside, you've been in a couple of, uh, of city, not just while growing up, but also as an improviser, actor, and all the other things that you do. Yeah, um, I am uh, uh, yeah, all, all over the place. Just a real quick brief. My parents are Nigerian, uh, hence the name. And then uh, London, Nigeria, uh, Houston, Texas, Birmingham, Alabama, Denver, Colorado, Chicago, and uh, and now L.A., baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so it, it's been all great, cool, and wonderful. And I'm, I truly personally, and it wasn't for a lot of, a lot of, a lot of folks ask me because uh, I've lived in a bunch of, bunch of places. Right. A lot of folks ask a lot of times if it was like military that that took took me uh, or me, and my family all over the place. But it, it really was just uh, life, just uh, the way things things were going. Um, it's all all good, good positive things and. Opportunities, and so that's uh, uh, we just moved moved around a bunch, and I uh, wouldn't want it any other way. So when uh, when did you live in uh, London and Nigeria? Because you moved to the states kind of as permanent home in in high school. Is that when that happened? Uh, in uh, yeah, just before just before high school, the beginning okay. beginning of uh, high school. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, Lon- London before that, uh, and Nigeria for a year when I was like eight. Oh, okay, so just for a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And do you uh, find that that has changed um, how you might approach uh, improv versus maybe somebody who doesn't have um, that sort of multi-culture or multinational kind of experience? Um, Possibly. I mean, living in in a bunch of different in different countries uh, and uh, and cities and stuff, I feel like you, you kind of have to open up your mind to things anyway, mm-hmm. just to simple simple little things like food uh, right. or television culture. You know, what I mean, you really have to open up, or you're just gonna you you won't make right. it. So, um, so I think those little things uh, unintentionally prep me for the improv world, or because in, you know that world you got to be open to a bunch of things. Right. My wife is mm-hmm. actually an Air Force brat and mm-hmm. lived in uh, Iran for a little while. Uh, yeah. Graduated from high school in Germany, and yeah. it seemed to me that that experience also probably led to a more close knit family. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if that was your experience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, we're super close and tight. Yeah. For sure. It seems like improvisers either have really good family backgrounds or really bad family backgrounds. I I totally agree. There's a lot of like I know a lot of people that have one or the other. But you know, in the improv world, you meet a lot of super supportive people that, that aren't necessarily related to you but become your family. So when did you first start experiencing improv? Can you give us a, a little background on your improv story? Remember to show whose line is it anyway? 
I mean, everyone, yeah. a lot of folks, I, mean, I guess it's still on, just um, not as popular, but it's sort of the English version of it, the English version, the British version with, um, and it had the, the same folks we know, Ryan and Wayne and Colin. Um, I right. remember seeing that and like, yo, what's, 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 what's all this then? Uh, yeah. It looks, uh, looks super, super cool. And then um, I remember sneak, sneaking off into a, a drama class, you know, uh, in, in England first. Uh, sne- and then, you know, the, it was kind of like sprinkled in. Uh, and it's kind of in the back of my mind mm. for a while. Yeah. And then, I mean, my first real like structured improv class was in Denver, Colorado. I I would go to, uh, okay, I'll tell you. So, <laughs> I'd go to, okay. I'd go to uh, the Starbucks there for the Wi-Fi. Is it in Denver? Yeah. Okay. yeah and yeah, post-college yeah. for you? Yeah, just after okay. college. Yeah. Okay. So I'd go, I'd go to Starbucks for the Wi-Fi because you know, that's what you do. You get you get a coffee, you sit on the Wi-Fi, yep. you hang out. And it was the same one. So, I, so there was, there was um, uh, the people that I see all the time. And when I see them, I give them, give them a nod. Hey, how you doing? And uh, there was one person that we'd, um, would always, uh, she'd, she'd always, always show up. Um, she is a um, very, like, she'd always wear a black turtleneck, um, uh, bright, bright red hair and bright, bright okay. makeup. Uh, and it turns out she's a, she does makeup for television in Denver. Mm-hmm. And so like, um, her name is Marianne Hogan. So it would sit, sit and then it eventually got to the point where we'd sit at, the, sit at the same table and just goof around. She's a very, you know, eccentric, fun person. And we'll just goof, goof around back and forth um, while we check our email. Uh, and then one, one day she's like, you know what you should do? You should do improv. And I was like, I was like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. And then, you know, carry on with my, my dang day. And then one day she said, did, did you sign up for it? And I, I said, oh, not yet. Well, I'll, I'll get to it. Because we're sitting at the same table. She grabs my computer, my laptop, and spins it around and starts, uh, goes to the website and starts signing me up uh, for the class, you know, asking me the, the questions. And then, you know, I, then it flips it back around. I put my credit card info in and then and then i was locked in baby i couldn't i couldn't turn back i was uh signed up for level level one uh improv you were actually drafted <laughs> I, was, I was recruited and drafted uh, into into improv I, i've never heard that story uh, <laughs> before from someone so that's really yeah, interesting yeah. that's how that's how uh that's how it, it started there uh with that now she did makeup or TV. Was she also doing improv herself? No, 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 no. She's not a performer at all. She's a excellent makeup person and a great human, great soul. But um, yeah, our paths were meant to cross because of uh, because of that. To 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 be the one that, yeah. to give me the nudge into um, uh, performing more. So that's at the Bovine Metropolis mm-hmm. where you, where you were taking mm-hmm. those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the old Bovine, and uh, uh, just a, a, another quick quick thing I, I just remembered too one of my yeah. one of my best uh friends we met day one level one in improv uh, at the bovine her name's mo welch uh she's a stand-up out here in la and she's got this cool cool uh popular comic uh on instagram and and T- tbs and everything mm-hmm. uh but but we met day one level one we just saw each other uh like oh okay you're into this too me too and then we uh became uh best friends there lived in chicago together and and we're both uh, in LA together as well. So, so you jump into to level one. Mm-hmm. Were you kind of hooked right away? Yeah, 
How'd that go for you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, kind of day one. Yeah, day one, you know, the the butterflies, the uncertainty uh, around everything. You're about to make stuff up in front of strangers. Oh my gosh, am I going to be good? How's that? How's that going to go? All all those mm-hmm. the uh, the typical things. I think I feel like the, the typical things from the conversations and um, I've had with with other people since. I uh, I definitely felt those and experienced those and you know sweaty armpits before I have to get up and do do something. You know, <laughs> you know, got got through it, survived. Uh, I was like, all right, I'll I'll be back for the next class. Also, I, I paid for the whole term, so I'm like, I got to get my money's worth, baby. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let that go to waste. So I, I went back, and uh, of course, it, it was like. I think somebody mentioned the phrase, uh, you know, two steps forward, one step back right. early on. And that's stuck with me to, to this day. Uh, and I, I mentioned it. And what do, you, what do you mean by that? That was how you expected things to go? That's how I was told the journey was going to be. Uh, feel like, you know, two okay. steps forward, one step back. Uh, where, you know, things will, certain uh, concepts or theories or ideas um, or scenes or et cetera will feel, some, some will feel easier than others. Right, and, uh, right. And not to let the, the the tougher ones the step back fully discourage you from from everything and and, and trying to hold on to and remember the the positive moments so I can uh, keep um, moving things forward. So did you feel you took to it right away? Um, I I feel like they took to it right away. Um, like I as far as like everything feeling feeling super easy no it didn't feel like super super duper easy but i like the challenge and and if i'm if i if i want to feel like i'm good at something i'm gonna be all in so i was that was at every show i was at asking asking mm-hmm. questions uh, befriending fellow performers and, and other people other other hungry people uh like i mentioned with, with my friend mo and was able to like you know just kind of drink drink it in and it really made the, the journey feel easier and better for me. Let me ask you something that I, I feel like I don't have an answer for myself, mm-hmm. but do you feel that if someone is starting out in improv, in classes or whatever their first exposure is, and it's really difficult and hard and you're not getting the kind of feedback at all like you said hold on to some positive moments if you don't have a lot of those do you think some people are just kind of wired for this art form and some aren't or do you feel like anybody can with enough work get to proficiency or even excellence um i um i'm i'm lucky at, at this point in my life i've taught kids i've taught people that uh in in theaters professional you know theaters uh and, mm-hmm. and i've taught a ton of corporate workshops i've taught at colleges i've taught, yeah. I've taught in in many different environments right mm-hmm. one million percent i feel that anybody can step into step into a class and you know get get something out of it and if and and i feel like anybody can can work their way up to p- performing on a stage a million percent so that's a pretty strong answer yes i feel like that is a lot has to a lot has to do with the uh the teacher or the, or the, the program providing the the right level of uh of support the right the right environment uh and being being the good a good guide for that person's journey because you know mm-hmm. di- different people always have different different goals not everybody's trying to be uh on stage not everybody's trying to be being in camera on camera but uh but you can one is one million percent down to the environment that, that they're put in 
uh, and the uh, and it's a teacher and, and the program is going to be a good supportive space for them to feel like they can try something and not not have a lot of unnecessary uh, pressure put put on them uh, and force them into not feeling like it's uh, fun or uh, or they're growing as a person or a human. Mm-hmm. So the the environment is something I think you said even maybe even a couple times mm-hmm. being kind of the critical part yes. of that. So one uh, you said uh, that sort of comfort level to try new things mm-hmm. was important in the environment. Mm-hmm. What, what else do you think is important for that kind of progression that you're talking about? Like what else goes into that environment to, uh, to, to give people the, the space to, to grow and succeed? If, if they you know if they want to pursue it yeah um i feel like well when it, when it comes to, to the, the environment like if we're talking about one specific class the the teacher and, and the fellow students are all responsible for what they bring to that room but they all need to make sure the teacher the the students all need to make sure mm-hmm. that they're aware of that and they keep, need to keep reminding themselves of that and uh being being open to that that uh, reminder, uh, so they mm-hmm. so they can uh, so they can check check themselves, check their egos uh, at, at the door. Mm-hmm. When you walk into a classroom, there's people again, there's people with different backgrounds, different experiences, etc. Some will be more comfortable right. than, than others, um, but the more comfortable ones are typically the ones that need to check their egos at the door. So I want to get back to to your teaching, but um, if we could go back to kind of your your improv story a little bit. So you, you take you take classes, you go through, at least get your money's worth out of the first <laughs> term that you paid for. And then then from there, is that where you first started performing? Was mm-hmm. in Denver? Yeah. But you did you weren't there for a long, long time, right? No. You ended up moving to Chicago? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, but what got I, you to move to Chicago? Um, uh, my friend Mo. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So that's why that's why I brought her up. Uh, she's responsible for it. She's she's from the Chicago area, area and told me, you know, I, I'd seen uh, seen and heard about you know I I O Second City, et cetera. And so I was like, let me go over there and give that a try. So mm-hmm. I did. I remember making the. I remember thinking about it for. Uh, for a few months and then mm-hmm. I made my decision and moved within a couple of weeks it was it was it was not it was not there's no big goodbye or big uh farewell tour no 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 <laughs> uh, not a lot of notice for a lot of friends uh I really just uh peaced out and uh yeah man I had my car ship my car from Denver shipped back to Texas right on, on the back of a truck uh, I remember waving it goodbye oh. see ya it was a Honda Civic, uh, no Honda Accord, silver. Uh, okay. Waving goodbye, and then got my uh, Southwest one way Southwest Airlines ticket. So you can, cause Southwest, you can get your bags fly through, fly for free. So it's two right. two bags in a dream, baby. I just uh, uh, flew, got on that plane and uh, flew over to uh, Chicago. So how old are you at this time? Oh, oh gosh, you didn't say that was going to be math. Uh, <laughs> no, I just asked you your age at the I know, time. I know. But I, I guess was, you have to subtract. You may have to subtract. Ago. Okay. Uh, well, you're just okay. How, how about this? Like, you're just a few years yeah. out of college and uh, just yeah, I think I'm like 26 at the time. Um, I'd, I saved a little bit before going there, and then when I when I landed, when I got there, I got a job. But I, I got a job in Chicago, I got a job at um, Groupon. Oh, okay, okay. And, uh, and again, with, with my friend, with my same friend Mo. Um, but then, yeah. but then there, was, there were also a lot of performers that worked there. 
So that's how it was like performer friendly at the time. And so did you start at both IO and Second City? Uh, did you go one or another other courses that you were taking? What, what yeah. was what was the story from there? Yeah, it was, uh, interesting, because I, I remember somebody saying at a show, right? At a show, somebody said, don't do them both at the same time. I did uh, IO and Second City, don't do them both at the same time. And I remember thinking, that's silly. That doesn't apply to me. Don't tell everybody that. Everyone's path, everyone's journey everyone's experiences are different for me right both I, I i did them both at the same time and it it worked yeah. uh, for me and I, so i i feel like for, for folks with that specific question should i take two at the same time that's for that one person to to think about and answer for themselves it's not it's not a blank a uh one plus one equals uh, two with that that question for everybody. I mean, there's different emphasis in Ooh. each of the schools, exactly. and you're going to have different teachers. Yeah. How it's going to flow out for you, I, I suppose, if you're trying to follow a certain rule set, mm -hmm. then trying to keep track of two might be difficult. Mm -hmm. um, did you find that IO and Second City, uh, the differences were pretty stark for you, or did you find that they just were... Uh, a little bit different. Uh, they're they're different. They um, the, the the focus are, are is on two different things. You know, one's uh, second city is more improv to sketch, and uh, I O is improv. You know, improv of, of the heart. You know, it's more it's more about the art. You know, and, and creating and collaboration. Uh, collaboration for me, me personally, I O the, the philosophy. You know, it's hit a bit harder for me. It more resonated with you. Yeah, it resonated with me a bit more just because I, I dig that stuff. I dig the collaboration. Dig I dig teamwork. Teamwork. The way the uh, the shows and everything uh, worked there. It it just uh it just sat sat better with me. I, but uh, I enjoyed both. I got a lot out of both. But I O I got the most out of and then you start performing where 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 did you start moving from student to somebody who was performing on the stages uh i was i was lucky enough that i got um i was actually performing right away before you know before i started taking classes there so mm. uh, it's not a common thing but it just uh uh it worked out for me that uh I was uh I was seen performing in in a show when I got the the, the same weekend I got there and then um was invited to to do more shows and then I was uh on I just started playing with uh, one of the house teams there. So that that is pretty unusual. Yes, it's it's not common at all. But again, like I mentioned in my time at the Bovine it was like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be at every show. So I'm watching shows. I started doing lights, started doing tech for shows mm -hmm. too. That's another way to to learn and see see the shows and understand the shows. Uh, from a bit of a different perspective as well, so I started doing that as as well, and and yeah, I was I was in it, so it was it, it helped a lot. Were there some things that you remember from watching that you picked up on that maybe you weren't getting as clearly through class? Mm, yes, yes, I mean for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, kind of an question isn't it in some ways you know because i think some people will learn by just absorbing things and somehow it all pieces together simmering on the back burner i don't know if that's you i feel like i'm that way sometimes and other people it's like there's this moment where something clicks they see something and then all of a sudden it's like oh okay now i've got to change how i approach this or i can see something more clearly mm -hmm. how do you think you learn i mean i definitely learn by applying it 
putting it into practice and trying and failing. When, yeah. when I fail, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. It sticks with me more. Seeing the shows, uh, there's like tiny, tiny things uh, you see, uh, I'd see and I was like, and I'd want to apply those in the classroom settings and in, in rehearsal settings, uh, et cetera. So like, you can uh, see how it feels and, and if it's something I would want to keep doing. But like having good examples on the mm -hmm. stage is the uh, best way to learn. Mm -hmm. And seeing the fun that folks have, be like, okay, cool. I want that too. Let me uh, let me strive for that. The bar is is this high. Uh, I'm gonna jump over that bar. That's just me though. Uh, I see the bar and I want to jump over it. So you eventually start moving into teaching, and mm -hmm. uh, at both I/O and Second City, um, mm -hmm. yeah. were you teaching at both or still teaching at both? Uh, I still do. When did when did you start that, and what drew you to teaching? Well, I it was. IO first. Sharna Halpern is the, the owner of IO. And she approached me after one of our shows. Uh one of one of the one of the um the house team shows. I was on uh on a team called Chaos Theory. Uh she approached me after one of the shows and she said that it was very it was very unexpected, short, short sweet. She just said um that I'm I'm a good good performer and I should be teaching. I never thought I ne I I didn't expect I was going to <laughs> to teach there soon. It wasn't something I was like thinking about fully and then she said you should be teaching uh and so i was like oh okay and and then soon after that i was shadowing somebody a friend of mine called todd i shadowed him and then um then then i was teaching what did you teach first level one um that, that's what in in the training that's what i focused on and and, and i really really uh, enjoyed it just off, off the bat i was like oh this is this is uh, super fun the response response from people you know the leadership i had to show fun uh that that we all had together it was really quiet this is such a such a joy i was like oh, i gotta keep doing this for sure and you've you've been uh awarded an instructor of the year i think mm -hmm. at io as well mm -hmm. Yeah. What What do you think are the kinds of things that you do that get that kind of response? Yeah. Um. I personally love the uh, you know, the, the connections that uh, that you can make with each each person. I've taken the time to do that. So if if I'm, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's kind of like how the same the same approach I had to the uh, performing side of it. Where if, where if I'm in if if I'm in it, I'm I'm in it uh, all the way. So if I'm in, if I'm in that room to to lead, be part of that part of somebody else's journey. And then I'm I'm all the way in for that time, and I'll look you in your eyes, ask you how your day's going, and really want mm -hmm. want, a, want a real answer. Fine, isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. I want, yeah. I want uh, a real hu human answer all all the uh, all the time. So yeah, I, I'll get messages and follow ups from from the people that were in my uh, my cl classes for again for different many different reasons. The thing the things that they would say like it like um the, the things they figured out about themselves or that they that they saw in themselves and how and what it meant to them that that stuff's cool and and possibly contributed to the uh the nice um nice things that were, were said or the nice things i received part mm -hmm. of the if you were to choose to teach on a specific subject as opposed to a specific level or part of an overall curriculum what would be the kind of workshop that you would want to teach and just uh, improv? Well, I, I don't know. I guess you could broaden it from there. I've seen that you've taught on things uh, where you're trying to get people to move past um, hesitations that they might have mm -hmm. on stage or becoming comfortable with silence, which I think 
relates uh, a lot to things like self-confidence or things mm -hmm. like that. So when I've seen some of your workshop descriptions out there, it seems like there is something personal that is uh, often at least in the background of what you're you're teaching on. Yeah, I'm all, all about the, you know, giving, giving somebody a boost of confidence, empowering somebody uh, to make, make positive changes in, in uh, you know, in, in their, in their own selves. And that can be seen on, on a stage or just in their day-to-day -day lives. But yeah, for sure, the confidence, the empowerment, I love that. I do. So tell me about performance. You uh, mentioned uh, one of the house teams that you were on in mm -hmm. Chicago. You're also part of 3Pete, which is mm -hmm. still uh, active. What else has been part of your improv performance? Or is those the main things that you focused on those teams? Those those were def definitely two of my uh, my mains. Uh, when I was, yeah, Chaos Theory uh, in Chicago. That was a, a house team. And then the Deltones in Chicago as well, musical improv. Okay. And then 3Pete. Uh, 3Pete, um, that's uh, something that um, that. that we we created and and has been well received and a nice fun popular thing to do and we still travel perform and teach all over the place it's great well you started that in chicago mm -hmm. but you're now in la right mm -hmm. yeah are other members of the team in la as well or mm -hmm. you guys have to travel to perform together no, there's uh there's five of us here in LA and uh, five of, of the nine of us. There's nine total. Fortunately, we um when we do go to a different city, we're we're brought in to to do to do shows. So we we reconnect there, doing those things. But we also uh, constantly, uh, as individual performers, we travel to different cities and meet up in different pairs and groupings and et cetera all the time. We got a crazy group chat that's uh always yeah. always on the run, like so. Um, we're a very close group, so we do a lot together, but we also do, do a lot individually that, that takes us all over the place. When you moved to LA, was that a decision that was kind of each individual made at the time? Because you were, were you all in, in Chicago when you started 3Pete? Yeah, we all met in Chicago. and we, That's how we started. So do people just sort of over time get to LA or how did, uh, how did that move start to happen? Yeah. I mean, different, uh, different opportunities pop up, pop up for uh, different people in different in different different spots, so you kind of just follow that individually. And we all knew that a bunch of us would end up end up out this way, so it's not it was it's a it's an easy thing for for us. Yeah. So what led you to move to LA from Chicago? Um, just uh, more opportunities to do to do different things, and um, and I always knew I was going to end up end up this way. Uh, so we'll, yeah. we'll say we'll say the sun. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in the Midwest as well, and mm -hmm. you know, three yeah, weeks yeah. of summer is nice. You know, but it's <laughs> not everything. Yeah, yeah I'm going to do another polar vortex or whatever, whatever the heck they call now. <laughs> right. I, I just couldn't. That stuff is brittle. I'm a soft, soft little boy, so I, I had to get out. So when you move to LA, I mean, there's obviously. You know the entertainment industry is out there. There's there's a mm -hmm. lot of different uh, types of uh, things that people move to LA for. Has that changed what your level of improv time spent? You know what percentage of your life is improv? Change your focus on it, or even is the style different uh, for how that's working out for you? Um, yeah, I mean the the improv culture in LA is 100% different than Ch Chicago. It's more spread out. Doesn't feel as uh, close close. I would say, well, there's lots of uh, nice, nice people out here. A lot of ex-Chicago people as well, so lots of friends. But yeah, for me, me personally, I, I still get to to coach. I still get to to teach. I travel a lot to teach and perform, so it's uh, it's, it's different. But uh, mm -hmm. but I'm enjoying it still, absolutely. 
How much do you tailor what you do to the particular audience uh, that you're performing before? In like in a show? Yeah, in a show. I mean, in, improv inevitably, inevitably, you're you're definitely going to be in, influenced a little bit by you know responses to things. But I typically try to just I mean I find I find mo most most joy in. in uh, just being myself and ha having fun. Uh, so like, I don't, if I was to step on stage in a mid, in a midnight show and folks around me are doing a bunch of raunchy, crude humor, I, I can't see myself, can't, can't see, see myself having fun being crude and, mm -hmm. uh, and rude just for the, for the sake of it. That's not me as a, as a person, but, but I'm sure a midnight audience would want that. Uh, and it you know, depends on where you, where you go, uh, but 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 yeah, at this point in my life, I, I don't think I can I would be doing that. Yeah, well, I guess part of my question, although that is a um, interesting observation in terms of the, I guess you know, if you have a midnight show, it's kind of billed as something that it's almost mm -hmm. expected to go into you know more blue territory, but geographically even, or you know, are the audiences uh, for you know, regular Saturday night, seven o'clock show, do you find that they're very different in Chicago versus LA or when you're traveling to different parts of the country? And does the character of that feel of the room impact what you do? Um, or is it more who you're performing with? Yeah, no, um, like a three-peat show in, in Los Angeles is going to be the exact same three-peat show that you're going to get in Des Moines, Iowa. No, I mean, no, no change there. That's that's my answer. So, well, so let me follow up on that. So if, if you are performing the same show, but the audience is reacting differently, like I find if we perform in uh, Minnesota, mm -hmm. the audiences have a quieter response. Um, it doesn't mean they're having less fun than mm -hmm. if you're, you know, somewhere in Florida or wherever else mm -hmm. you might be. But, the, you know, what you draw from that audience is different. Mm -hmm. But if, if you are performing for them, but that response from the audience is not necessarily impacting how you and your castmates are performing. That's, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, that's interesting to me. Yeah, no, I mean, um, we are a high energy bunch and we're tight, tight friends in the show. We're, we're having fun with, fun with each other. So this, this train's moving, baby. You better get on, get on board. So once, yeah. once those lights go up, get get on get on board with us and, and, ha and let's have some fun. So that's what we're about. That's why we we can you know where, wherever it is, the show, the show is going to be the same. We, we're not really concerned with uh, with that the, the audience side of things. We're just going to have a good, good old time. And so I don't feel like I really uh, I don't I don't feel like we we ever change. Mm -hmm what we do. In terms of some of the other things that you're doing, if you look forward, do you see improv being more or less of what you will be doing five, 10 years from now? Um, I mean, I don't plan on uh, stopping on the, the mm -hmm. teaching side. Uh, I, don't, I don't plan on stopping on the performing side. I just enjoy doing them both. So, you know, unless, <laughs> unless something, something crazy happens, uh, I'm sure I'll still be doing, uh, doing both for sure. Yeah, I just I just enjoy it. And do you have with three Pete? Uh, you've done some some video work, some sketch work, some things like that that have been completely separate from the improv that you guys do together. Mm -hmm. It's is that part of the thought process to have that 
almost be its own type of brand um, that you can leverage uh, in different opportunities? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course. So yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, it does 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 help with a bunch of different things. Improv is experienced best when you're in the room as an audience member, feeling right. the energy or performer, uh, feeling feeling the energy uh, and the spontaneity and every, every everything moment, moment to moment, and just knowing that, living that experience in it, it's great. It doesn't translate as well on film in, in long form. If we're talking long form specifically, it translates a bit differently. It can be well received, etc. And and look great and feel great uh, on on film, but um, but it's still this uh, missing that live aspect. Mm-hmm. So with 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 sketch and with with three P, we are all multi uh, you know faceted performers. We all all do more than more than just the one thing. Uh, so this is this is just a a no brainer for us to uh, to have written written sketches uh, out there for for our friends and, and family to uh, to see and enjoy. Did you kind of follow a second city approach to get to some of the sketches that you've done? Yeah, no, we we um, we write them and talk about them, figure it out. There's a lot of back and forth, and for them to get to where they get it, where they are, but they don't they don't come from uh, scenes and from shows. Okay, so so we are we are coming up on time, and I want to ask you in terms of if if you were to look at the way your improv philosophy has uh, developed, um, how would you describe what what improv uh, should be, what uh, what ideally it will be, and when you're at your best, the kinds of the kinds of things that you think go into good improvised comedy. Ooh, yeah, good question. The kinds of things I feel like, well, the things that work best for me, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would say, would be um, you know re- removing any kind of um, pressure. Or uh, a lofty, uh, unnecessary expectations uh, mm-hmm. from yourself, and having fun with your friends, and um, and listening, 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 listening to yourself and to the uh, the folks around you. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen, I'd say those things. Is it easy for you not to set high ex- expectations for yourself in the moment? I mean, you talk about you talked earlier about sort of if there's a bar to jump over, you're going to jump over it. But does that that sort of mindset come with extra pressure on yourself or do you find that that is something that is not hard for you to kind of put to the side yeah no I, I, at this this point I, I feel like i have to I have to practice what i preach yeah so i, I definitely have uh, I, I step on stage and 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 try to focus on the fun rather than rather than anything else and not, not worry about doing anything but that because because yes it's it's uh it's great it's it's fun. It's awesome, but it's just it's just me collaborating with somebody and, ha- and having fun. That's that's all all it is. So I I, I approach it that way. Well, when I've we've never performed together, but the things that mm-hmm. seem to pop up um, about those who either see you uh, live um, or that have performed with you is that um, you have a calm um, and <laughs> confident presence on stage. Do you feel that about yourself? Uh, yeah, I, yes. Uh, yeah, without, <laughs> okay. I don't want to sound too, about to, uh, you know, too cocky or anything like that, but, um, that's how I try to be yeah. uh, all, all the time. And was yeah. that, was that you early on in improv? Is that you personally? That's, that's, me, that's me personally. I mean, I, I definitely remember my first show. Uh, I mean, sweaty boy, sweaty boy. I wore a green, <laughs> green shirt. So you could see, you could see, you could see the sweat stains. But, uh, um, and I remember, um, the first scene was happening and I was standing, I was standing on stage, uh, but just to the right, like just kind of watching mouth open. 
uh, dripping with with sweat in those lights. Okay. And um, and then the, the scene got to an end, and then uh, then I was like, all right, here we go, baby. And I stepped stepped in there. Don't remember what I said. Don't remember what it was about. Uh, but I I, I got to the uh, end end of the scene, and it was a positive response. Folks were folks were uh, applauding, and then I was like. Okay, I think I'll be all right here. Yeah, okay, yeah, um, yeah. But it was definitely, I definitely was super nervous the first time for sure. Yeah. Uh, was that was that a, a short form game you were doing, or was it? Oh no, this, this is a long form show. This is a long long form show in in, in Denver. Okay, yeah. And after mm-hmm. how many weeks was that? Oh, this was um, this was I wasn't I wasn't too far in. It was uh probably like you know between eight and twelve weeks, like something yeah. like that. It was, it, it was people were I was. Because like I said, I was going to every show, right? Right. Uh, and some folks were short for a show, yeah. short people for a show, and needed some uh, people to play. So I was like, and the confidence, the confident Namdi was like, yeah, heck, heck yeah, I'll do this. <laughs> and then, and then the 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 other Namdi was like, dude, what's up? What are you doing? Uh, you gotta get. <laughs> Yeah, so it's not a workshop show. It's a it's a it's a regular show. Okay, that's yeah. a very different way to start. Yeah, people have paid for this and got out of their way, ways to uh to be at the show, and and so yeah, that was that was that yeah that first show. But I survived. Uh, sweaty boy survived, and uh, it kept going. Well, um, uh, having talked with you, I've got uh, sort of a million other questions uh, that are floating around <laughs> in my mind. But we are at time, and I've really enjoyed. Um, spending some time with you here in AMD on uh, the Improv Comedy Connection. Hopefully we're able to speak again sometime soon. Absolutely, yeah, I had the same, and thanks so much for having me. It's really interesting to hear about how some unusual opportunities to perform and teach that came to Namdi early on in improv, which first show being for a paying audience as a fill-in just a few weeks into taking classes, to performing at I.O. before even really get into their curriculum all that much. So I know there's more than one reason for that, but one thing I suspect was big was him being available, open to take a chance on himself and being engaged in the theaters he was at and in the art of improv itself. It certainly helps to have a peace and confidence about who you are and what type of work fits who you are and I think that's something to reflect on further. I hope this episode has been useful to you. If so, please spread the word, rate, and subscribe to the Improv Comedy Connection podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you think this could be more useful or you have a great idea for a topic or a guest for a future episode, let me know. I'm doing this to be of help to you as we work together to connect more deeply with each other and our audiences through comedy. It's been my pleasure to be your host on this episode of the Improv Comedy Connection. My name again is Witt Schiller, and I'm an improviser out of Milwaukee with Fish Sticks Comedy. We also have local troops in Atlanta and Dallas, and we'll soon be adding a troop in Denver. You can check out the work we do at fishstickscomedy.com, and you can connect with me on social media at Witt Schiller on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can also look me up on Pinterest at Witt Schiller, where I've got a growing board of gluten-free recipes, and I'm really hoping to try the Parmesan Duchess potato recipe one of these days. Thanks again for tuning in to the Improv Comedy Connection. Thank you.